1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter, meow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals. And let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. Up next is one of the happiest people you'll ever meet. This is Helen Lee. She works in sales for a comedy club in the Boston area, and she has a very unique training technique. She's an ice swimmer. And we're not talking a polar plunge where you hop in and hop out. Lynn goes out in the dead of winter with water temperatures, sometimes in the 30s, and swims a mile or even more.
0: A lot of people think I'm insane for jumping into freezing cold water, but I love it. I love the spirit.
1: 33 years old. This is one of the few people in the world that have completed an ice mile, swimming a mile in water that is 41 degrees or below. He's smiling in the middle of his arms. Get off that bow It's hard to imagine someone who's enjoyed a competition as much in the middle of his happy hell. Oh, this joy is infectious. I love people being oh, reminded of what it's like to She's be out here. You, know. you can feel the happiness. This is the type of person you want to hang out with. And it just so happens that she is exactly the person that we get to hang out with today. This is your host, Ann McDaniels, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of SoCal Sweat. Today, I can't wait to feature Helen Lynn, whose perseverance, strength, and smile has gotten her through everything. She is currently a certified strength coach and personal trainer, a TRX Level 1 qualified trainer, nutritional coach, swim and rock climbing instructor, and everything else for her clients. But... She got her success from all the wonderful competitions that she competed in, the huge challenges, and the 2018 American Ninja Warrior Season 10. She's an ice swimmer, rock climber, Olympic powerlifter, swimmer, snowboarder, parkour, all around Ninja Warrior. She says to her clients who absolutely adore her, give me one hour of your time and see how it can change the other 23 hours of your day. I'm very happy to introduce to you Happy Helen. Happy Helen Lin. Helen Lin of Happy Helen Fitness. Well, hello there <laughs> in Boston. Happy Helen Lin, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? This American Ninja Warrior, what is her morning regimen? Does she get up? I think she's drinking tea, is that what I see there? Yes, yeah, I
0: uh, I drink a lot of tea. Yes. I am a big tea fan, so. Not um... a coffee drinker? No, and I tried. That's the thing, you know, it was really cool in college to be drinking coffee and staying up late to, you know, <laughs> study. And so, so I tried, but then I got
1: all jittery and crazy. Oh, so. and I've, I've tried tea and I just, it's the opposite way I can't do it at oh, all. Oh, really? So you don't drink the tea, I but you drink, drink coffee. coffee. Exactly. It just doesn't possess the balls that coffee has for my body. For my body. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> it no, but it's much healthier. So Helen, I am so happy to have her on the podcast today. She is a 2018 America Ninja Warrior. She is just a, a ball of unbelievable strength. I mean, going from her ice swimming to her rock climbing. Can Before we get into everything, can you just tell us how you were as a child? Like I myself <laughs> was jumping off garage roofs into my dad's <laughs> arms as a child. Tell me you did things like that. Um, I I guess you could say I was
0: a really hyper child for sure. You know, I had a, I had a lot of energy as a child. Um, and I think the mistake my parents make is that they didn't put me into any athletic things early on, because I think that would have been a good channel into that. But they were, you know, being very culturally stereotypically Asians in which you have to do a lot of studying and read a lot of books and that kind of stuff, do math problems. I'm not kidding. They gave me bath problems. Um, you know, as side, you know, you come home from school and they give you extra math problems versus channeling my energy towards something else. Um, uh, that was probably a mistake on their end, but, but yeah, so I was very hyper as a child and I don't think I found the outlet for these athletic pursuits as an adult. Um, so I think I probably just, I didn't, you know, I didn't sit still. I jumped around a lot. I was never, I wasn't good at studying probably just because ultimately I should have been just doing a little more physical activity than sitting around, but. Well, uh, you were a little you know. evil,
1: Knievel. I mean, yeah. and I just yeah. I, it's just fine. It, it's so puzzling that you started this whole thing as an adult and you became that good. Imagine if you had started as a child you more than likely would have been in the Olympics and beyond. And it kind of makes well, it I mean, I, There's <laughs> definitely genetic things. And who knows, right? You never know. But
0: of course, right. when, as you're an adult, you always wonder, what if I just did this as a kid? And, you know, what could have happened? But
1: you could yeah. say that about anything, right? If For sure. If you did this sooner, anything in life, that's how it goes. And with never... that much pressure as a child, even on the academics and math, if they had pushed in this, you may have hated it. Mean because well
0: exactly right maybe I would have been good but then they would push too
1: hard I wouldn't like it so you just yeah. never know. so exactly it's you've got a great attitude about it um, and and the and you just kind of discovered academics although you're very smart just wasn't your thing like Harvard and Yale all the pressure your <laughs> family that's hard in itself I come from a, a strict family too and yeah. it's it's hard to figure out you know just your own internal of getting like okay I'm happy with myself trying not to be on the defense all the time. Was that something that you always had to overcome, or were you just after a while? You're like, I have to be myself. Um, Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I
0: feel like it's taken me. You know, I don't think I really understood this till my 30s, honestly. So in my 30s, I felt like, man, I should really, I should do things for myself. I've been listening to what everyone else is telling me, and you know, everyone meaning parents or societally, right? Like what I'm supposed to be doing, like getting married, having kids, or doing a certain career. Right, like certain things were supposed to hit along the way, whether it's parental, societal, and as a female, there's certain things, right? So, definitely, that took many years, and even still struggling now because I'm 36 and I don't have kids, right? And that's definitely something I'm supposed to be checking off <laughs> along the way, and I haven't yet, or I don't know if I will, <laughs> right? Yeah. So a lot of things that I felt like I only am learning, even still learning now in my 30s. But for sure, I mean, up until my 30s, I was trying to just, just like everyone else, trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing and Mm -hmm. job life-wise. And academically, I think I don't, I wouldn't have known if I really loved academics or learning or anything like that because my parents pushed me so much one direction that I fought against it, that who knows, maybe I would have, maybe I really internally love math and science and I still don't know to this day, but I have a block towards sure. it. So who, who knows? That's why you can't always
1: push too much in one direction. You got to let everyone exactly. figure out things for themselves. And right? I think yeah. that, but then you also f- kind of discovered a love of theater. I mean, because you had been doing that your nine to five job prior to training prior to all of this. Uh, yeah. Yeah it was like a reality show producer kind of thing, wasn't it? Well, so I was in the, I mean, like, you know, the,
0: I mean, I was in the theater business and work a lot of actors and the funny thing was growing up, I actually wanted to be an actress when I was young. So that was the thing as a kid, I love theater. I love musical theater, did a lot of that kind of stuff, but my parents were not going to,
1: no, but approve hobby. of
0: theater. Are you kidding me? That's a hobby. You're not going yeah. to money. I mean, you know the deal more than anyone. Believe so, me, yes. Uh, <laughs> right? So that was definitely, and that was a passion. And my parents were like, I don't think so. So I studied journalism instead. And, um, but that, again, all my life, you know, there's things I wanted to do passionate about, but, you know, didn't feel like that would have been financially a good idea or it's not practical, all this stuff. And so, but the funny thing is I did end up working in theater but on the business side, right? So I had a steady job, but so that was good. But at the same time,
1: I could be around things I love, like theater and actors, comedians, you could say producer all that. versus actor. It seems like a little less head in the clouds. Probably cheering. Exactly. Parents.
0: And the business yep. end of things. Um, so that kind of, I think that was a good mesh of the things yep. I loved and having a steady job. So, um, but yeah, so you can figure it out along the way for sure. But sometimes you don't really know. Who knows? No, we don't know.
1: But it, I think it worked out beautifully and perfectly, you know, for all of us. And there's just lessons learned. But so then what was it? What was the first actual athletic event that you participated in? Was it just a, was a a swim, like a lap swim competition What um triggered that? Yeah,
0: well, as a kid, I did. So, as a kid, meeting. So, when I was about fifteen, I joined a swim team, Mm -hmm. and um, that was my first really athletic team or really anything athletic when I was fifteen. Which, of course, now sounds young, but at the time, people have been you know enrolling swim lessons. They were six, right? So, I was actually pretty new as a teenager, and um, so teenager, I loved swimming. And did a lot of swim, you know, competitions then as, you know, just like regular club and sure. high school swim team, all that stuff. And then I didn't do it in college because I was way too slow to be on a college team. So I, that's when I started doing theater in college and found my love for theater, Refound my love for theater in college. And never really went back to athletic things until I graduated college. So it was not until
1: you- I graduated college. So, so that... no club teams at all, even in, in college? No. Or nope.
0: College, I totally no. did not do anything athletic, pure theater. Job. And then uh, after college, when I you know became you know adult and got a job, then I started going back. To, I was like, I should exercise <laughs>
1: again. <laughs> Look at yeah, how you, and oh, then oh, the opposite—that's crazy. And so, what no. was your? Um, I was a swimmer as well, not like. Oh, were like, you? You were a swimmer, and mostly a diver. I mean, I would do the medleys. I oh, did awesome. the medley r- relay, breaststroke, um, oh, and, and I love uh, platform and springboard diving. So much fun! Oh, amazing. And um, it was so. Was your race? Could you do all four and when you do open water swim I imagine it's just the freestyle I mean do you constantly switch up your strokes
0: Yeah I mean so pool swimming is very typical you know you're you know swim back forth in a la- uh, pool and you compete in the four different strokes you know butterfly back breast free and everyone really generally competes in all of them so you know how to swim everything you might be better at one or the other yeah. um i was mostly freestyle and breaststroke, but uh, i was mostly like an endurance swimmer so i was better at the longer distances and that's why when i started doing open water swimming it was it was well suited for me because it's more endurance i had no speed i had zero speed but I could swim a little bit longer or, or didn't mind swimming a little longer than most people. I, couldn't, I can't say I was good at it. I just enjoyed it more. So maybe that was why. But, um, but open water swimming is all about longer distances in the ocean
1: and stuff yes. like that. No lane lines. Okay, um, Helen, I am dropping my pen here, as you can see. I can't drop the, can't sorry, drop the so mic. Wrong. I'll drop the pen. What in the world? I'm obsessed with Jaws, open water, all these things. How in the world did you overcome a fear? If you even had a fear, besides the fact that it's like beyond freezing and like getting like beat to death by other swimmers, <laughs> trying to up. I was you. I mean, the water is just like it is so cold. I mean, you would you train in like the Russia type of waters where they or they not yeah, the Russian Polar Bear Russia Club, swim
0: but. over there. I know. Um, well, I told people. So say you've been walking on a treadmill your whole life, all right, and you've enjoyed it. And then one day someone was like, let me take you outside and walk outside. And you go outside and you're like, oh my God, the air is so nice. I can see the trees. There are birds. It's beautiful. You know, and that, and, but you could be like, oh my gosh, but there are cars outside or there are animals or whatever, you know, like, so it's, it's a small equivalent of that, meaning that like Sure, there's the safety of being inside, but when you get outside, it's much more beautiful and you're in nature and you get to see creatures. And maybe some people don't like the same creatures, so I can understand that. But you realize how small you are compared to the world. So that feeling feels really cool. I bet. Uh, but sure, just like when you go out hiking or when people go mountaineering, I assume there's you know a lot of dangers there, but you do it because of the venture. There's a little venture.
1: Absolutely. Of, the only thing I hear is sharks. Like I'll do anything, but for some reason, yeah. open water, because I had to do a, a big stunt in um, Belize and there were tiger sharks. And I'm like, oh my God. And they're like, yeah, how are you getting on this boat so fast with all that equipment? <laughs> Oh baby that's I've got a nitrous tank in my booty here. I want to yeah, come yeah. up back on that boat when you yo cut and we're done. let's get us out of here. I, I just did, did you ever see a fin? I'm sure you have Yeah
0: I've seen I mean we've in, oh, when I swim in California there are sharks there and um, I mean here's the thing as every swimmer open water swimmer, you know that it's out there but right. you have to just tell yourself I mean that's what I do statistically we, we like to say we're not we're not on their menu they don't actively seek out humans, usually shark attacks, or if they accidentally think you're a seal, yeah. we don't wear wetsuits that helps on the seal front, but, but it still um,
1: happens. But, I know. Yeah, you're but it's, you're it's right. Rare. It's
0: sort of like you get in a car, there could be a car accident, but you take the risk cause it's pretty low. Yeah, yep. But, but I understand everyone's like, what about the sharks? I mean, you don't, it's very low chance that a shark randomly, because the ocean is huge. Huge. So the chances of it just randomly coming up and biting at you is very um, low. But I understand the fear because it's just so it, you can't see
1: anything, right? It's so fascinating. That fascinating totally right get, there. Totally. Get. Besides <laughs> the fact that it's really cold, and I, I, did hear that every every swimmer usually has somebody in a boat with them because I'm sure people pass out a lot, um, or just get overly tired. What are some? Well, of that. Well, um, well, so in marathon swimming, I mean, there's a
0: difference in terms of, I mean, there's, it's, it's, it gets a little bit, you know, niche, but let's mm-hmm. say, um, let's say marathon swims, cause we're talking about boats. So say a marathon swim that everyone will have heard of is the English channel. Yes. Okay. You swim the English channel. This is an official marathon swim. There's no set dates. So you have to hire a boat and pilot and you go with the tides. There's a whole thing. Um, but you are escorted by a boat because obviously you don't know where Francis, you gotta you gotta follow (laughs) you follow the boat and the boat guides you and um hopefully through your training you have trained enough for this and the conditions in the water temperature and you know if you have jellyfish things whatever you train for these type of things so that that day hopefully you don't pass out or you're hypothermic like the biggest reason a lot of times for people is they get hypothermia or maybe their nutrition is bad and they you know because you still have to eat when you're swimming because you're swimming for like 11 hours so you have to fuel so you know you have to just like any other race you train for all these factors so that on race day you just you you know what to do and it happens but obviously if you're not well trained or maybe you just have a bad day or conditions aren't in your favor you have to be pulled out it happens, but I, people generally don't pass out if they're well, tr- because if you're swimming for something that big, you've done a lot of, swims it's like the Boston marathon
1: of, of, you don't just go and sw- right. run
0: the Boston marathon and pass out. generally. Right. Unless something
1: terribly sure. goes wrong with your nutrition, but people generally hopefully know what they're doing. But- I didn't even think about the fact that you probably eat while you're in there. Do you like just eat gels and are, is all the food carried on that boat? Yeah. It's really funny
0: because, um, in marathon swimming, they call it a feeding because you're being fed like a Did seal. It. Insert Joss theme. <laughs> yeah. So like you have a crew and a boat on, the, you know, on there and you're not allowed to touch the boat or get on it. That's part of the rules is that you have to swim completely unassisted, which means you can't even so much as hang on the boat. You have yeah, to you just turn a So what yeah. happens is when it's time to feed, they throw you your food or drink on like a rope. Like it's, so for instance, I put, I do like a liquid diet type thing. So it's Sorry. like mixed in a, in a water bottle that they tie in a rope. And then at 30, uh, usually every 30 minutes, they'll do a wave or a sign. So, you know, to stop and they, they throw you your food on like a rope and you drink it or eat it or do whatever while shredding water. And then they, then they just throw it and they, they reel it back.
1: Like it literally like, like torture. Said. It's, only it's the worst torture.
0: It's very funny
1: <laughs> so yeah you are a warrior so <laughs> you, did, you did all of these things and it really it was cool that you kind of said um women are better and i not not to stereotype women and w- females from males but females tend to be better at endurance swimming in the water due to probably a higher level of body fat um and just yeah i mean ge- again this is
0: speaking very generic right. general speaking right because obviously there's exceptions for everyone and guys do very well in mm. marathon swims as well but um they i mean for instance the first person to swim the english channel was a woman love it so that was pretty amazing it was you know big deal at the time 1900s but um so, and we think that it's because generally women have more, I mean, and this is true. Ge- women generally have more fat distribution because obviously we have to carry children mm-hmm. um, around the hips and thighs. So we carry uh, fat around those vital organs, which I think protects us from the cold as well. Mm-hmm. So I think in terms of marathon swims and ice swimming, you need to protect your vital organs from the cold right? And we already kind of have that built in.
1: Sure. Because, and it makes you know, it more sure. buoyant also, just yeah. a slightly, slightly bit more, more buoyant. For now.
0: sure. So I think that does um,
1: bode well for us in certain endurance sport Love
0: it. Well. I'll,
1: I'll, <laughs> I'll power the females. There and you again. Know, You
0: totally want to swim in the cold for six hours now, right? <laughs> no, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure I <laughs> right. So.
1: so after your multiple, multiple successes with that, you turned to rock climbing. And it was so interesting how you kind of decided that you know your body type is pretty much perfect for that, and you can really already do pull-ups where a lot of these people cannot do that. And rock climbing is very specific, I, I believe too. I remember when I lived in France, a lot of the French were very good at rock climbing because they're very spidery, long, mm. and that sure. helps a lot. So how would you think that? And how tall are you? Can I ask? I'm five two. Five two. Okay. Yeah, I'm very short. Yeah. You're 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 short and you're compact, but you're almost like a gymnast. So you've got unbelievable upper body strength, where a lot of women maybe have to work a little bit harder on that. Sure. And you yeah, are yeah, yeah. right away doing pull ups. You're like, look at me! I can't believe it. I can do so.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think because of swimming, I use a lot of upper body strength. I mean, believe it or not, swimming is mostly upper body, and our legs mm-hmm. just kind of mm-hmm. drag along. Mm-hmm. So I think that translated very well in rock climbing that I didn't know about. Um, but you know, everyone has like that's the thing most women and especially being a trainer have strong uh, legs and again i think it's just because stronger legs and hips and thighs all that stuff and most women have weaker upper body stronger legs and guys are the opposite right and that's very common stereotypically generally speaking but i oddly was the other way around i was much stronger upper body and less and i'm much way less um I'm weaker in the legs. So any woman could come on, honestly, we could squat and probably most women will be able to out-squat me in a very short amount of time. Um, but the funny thing about the upper body is that I could stand out a little bit on the upper body because most women yes. can't. And hence the rock climbing and Ninja Warrior just happened to bode well for me
1: genetically that I was a little bit off on that front. <laughs> Unbelievable. Is it Yeah, very strange, very strange. <laughs> to pull yourself up because I mean, I can barely do the flex arm hang and I'm a strong girl. Like, it's yeah, 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 it's just very strange. And I'm like, great, right, awesome.
0: But like, my legs are so weak. So it all evens out for everybody. Sure,
1: <laughs> sure. No, it, it it worked out well for you. So with that, you, you went on to American Ninja Warrior. What was that process like? And what kind of made you discover that? Oh, I really need to, would apply for this? Yeah. Um, well, I was always a fan of the show as a, a lot of
0: people are. And I remember mm-hmm. watching the first video that went like viral with, uh that girl Casey who she it was this was so many girls years ago and, sh- and there's a viral video of a first female who conquered a course and I remember watching the video and thinking that is clearly edited with some special effects because no one can do that.
1: Wow. <laughs> I just
0: didn't think no humans could do that because I didn't know anything about you know that kind of skill set many years ago like gymnasts and all that stuff. So I thought it was crazy, right? And then years later when I started rock climbing and as when you rock climb is very similar movements to ninja, ninja stuff. And I just thought, Oh, well, you know, I'm in this phase of trying new things and i rock climbing seems very similar to ninja. I wonder if it's totally crazy if I just tried ninja warrior and if there's a gym and weirdly enough, there's a gym near me in my town, like a specific ninja gym. And I just showed up to an adult class and found that, Oh, I have some upper body strength. This is crazy. Um probably because I've been rock climbing to be fair. Um oh. and that's how you start. And if you go to a ninja gym, most people there have applied for the show okay. or been on the show because it's a very small community. So you kind of learn the process. But and honestly, I tell people it. I tell people it's really easy. Anyone can apply, you just go on the a&, uh, American Ninja Warrior website every year and you just apply online. It's a very easy process. You apply, it's like six pages online about yourself and then you submit a two to three minute video. So they cast you based on the video you submit, that you don't have to see them in person or audition or phone interview or whatever. You literally just submit that two to three minute video and they cast you based on that
1: video. So better be a good video. <laughs> and you were already um, in theater and like in management, <laughs> so you killed it. And on top of that, can we just, and we'll highlight at the end, you created an awesome video with your success on American Ninja Warrior. Let me train you. Let me be trained by Helen. Oh, and yeah, it was like right? the coolest thing ever. Of course, oh. anybody would want to like be trained by you after seeing that. Oh, I don't know. That was really well done. But <laughs> was there anything specific that you put in that video that you thought was like really, really funny or maybe made you stood out besides the fact that you're, you know, phenomenal? Yeah.
0: After- no, it's a good question because again, um, a lot. It's for Ninja Warrior. They're not looking. I mean they're look they're they want you submit a view of your upper body strength so that they know you have some base level physically, right? That's a given. But really they're looking for um they're looking for a good story. I mean, because you're submitting for a TV show. I mean, you know, you have to be interesting and um I mean they, they will want you they would like you to have an interesting story for TV, right? And everyone has it, everyone has a story to tell mm-hmm. that's unique about themselves. So when people apply, they just gotta think you know, what story can they tell that would inspire people or make it interesting for people to watch on TV? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they get, you know, like, you know, 75,000 applicants. So how do you stand out? Because just being athletic, everyone is. So what's your story to give? Absolutely. But for me, I submitted a story about my ice swimming. That, that was my hair. story is the ice for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't They have dropped have their anything. pens
1: and heard sharks and, like, nope, she's yeah, coming. Right, <laughs> there you go. The no. It was really cold. So I guess that did it. But. Sure. And that, with, with all of this, this got you into powerlifting, correct? Because wasn't powerlifting sort of part of the training for American Ninja Warrior? And, and-
0: um so it's so I know this is very confusing but it's olympic lifting which lifting. is different than powerlifting okay. and
1: everyone every literally
0: everyone says the same thing cuz it's extremely confusing because olympic lifting is is more powerful than powerlifting so it makes total sense the name is just wrong so powerlifting is three movements um deadlift bench press and um squats and those powerlifting competitions are based on those three movements. And they're not as powerful as what I do, which is called Olympic lifting, which is just called Olympic lifting because it's the only weightlifting competition they have in the Olympics. And it's, it's very confusing,
1: confusing, but basic styles. Olympic lifting. Uh, I'm sorry, say that again. It's more complicated and strategic, isn't it? Because <laughs> I think you mentioned that it, you said it, it looks really easy, but it isn't at all. Like there's yeah, a lot of lif-
0: Yeah. Olympic lifting only refers to two movements, the uh, snatch and the clean and jerk. So you only train those two movements and that is what's consistent in Olympic lifting. So I started doing Olympic lifting versus powerlifting because I thought it was because Olympic lifting is more powerful and you train a little bit more. I mean, we call it fast switch muscles, like things that you actually would help a ninja warrior, like jumping vertically, explosive power. And so when people train, like when people train football players, they train them in Olympic lifts because it trains them to be more explosive. And, you know, so that kind of stuff. So I really liked that because fun. First of all, it was fun. And I'm not an explosive person. I came from marathon swimming. We didn't have to be fast and explosive, right? You just have to endure. So I thought it was different than the training I used to do. And it was cool to, to learn to be powerful, which I am not. Um, So th- that's why I started doing it because it was just so different and
1: unique and very technical. And, you know, new challenges are always fun. I would think that you'd be really good at that because you have um being 5'2" you already have sort of fast twitch muscles in, in, from what I would see. Well, like, I mean, I,
0: I, I don't, I love to, but that's why I do it. Cause because you, I am five, two for a Ninja warrior obstacle. You need to be more explosive Both. than someone six, two, right. Cause I got to be able to jump to a certain, you know, obstacle that some guy may be able to step over. So as a short person, you have to be way
1: more powerful. For Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And what yeah, were yeah. your biggest wins personally for American Ninja warrior? Was your one thing that you (laughs) did with somebody just what where you felt really great? My
0: personal win was um, getting past the first obstacle. (laughs) I bet (laughs) because I mean because as a rookie, as anyone new to the show, all you care about is just. Finish the first obstacle and not trip, you know, on the way to the first obstacle. So that itself is very exciting because you just want to make it to one because you don't know how yeah. it's gonna go because you don't know what obstacle is gonna be there. And the world so watching you, <laughs> yeah. And the world's watching you, so you're just, you know, you have very low expectations. Like just don't fall the first <laughs> obstacle, don't trip on the way to it. So that's a personal win. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, being on being chosen for the show is always just such a thrill in itself because it's so famous that everyone and their mom you know people will message me saying oh my gosh
1: my my cousin is watching and you don't know these people and you're like oh thanks no pressure at all <laughs> yes and I have to say Helen my grand, my dearest grandmother just passed away she was 92 oh she was an unbelievable like she was a queen like she was not a 92 year old person
0: she oh. loved
1: American Ninja Warrior oh yeah she passed in over, and I'm like I want my grandma here. She would just go nuts over the fact that oh I'm my interviewing God, that's you. So
0: sweet, that she's, she's such just, a big
1: fan. You oh, know, she loves I mean. athletics. Every, like every, every basketball. The show. Yep, yep. So well, she's. Did, did she, you she say d- she was athletic? oh, she was just, she loved athletics, like watched oh, basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my grandfather was a huge athlete. So it just, it was just really oh. cool, you know? So yeah. I just, yeah, yeah, she's with me today and she's like, cheer you on. I know she's so excited. It was like bad timing. Well, oh, but so I know
0: everyone,
1: everyone loves it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that's really cool. I'm sure your parents must have just gone,
0: Or were they not? I mean, were <laughs> or, or they not? Yeah. Um, My dad, no, my dad, my stepmom came on the sidelines and and supported and waved signs. So that was wonderful that they came and thought, I think they thought it was moderate. It's hard to tell with my dad, but. um, They are bragging about
1: you all the time and you you never know it. Yes. And they're not going to tell you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I will. I'm sure they're very proud of you. That's amazing. So, so with that, you just, you really got into Olympic Lifting because of American Ninja Warrior, didn't you? Yeah, well, I mean, after Ninja Warrior is over, I was
0: looking for what 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 to do next. I'm always kind of looking for the next athletic
1: hobby to Curly, pursue. Because nothing's ever good enough.
0: That's why. Yeah, exactly like if one thing's ever good enough, gotta yeah. try something else. Um, so I was just looking for something different again to train. And I just came across, uh, I was doing, I tried Prosper for a little bit, and that's how you get introduced to Olympic lifting. So um, so yeah, so then I found I really like it. I'm still doing it now, and I really and it's a good thing to do during COVID because well, I built we built a platform in my living room, so I don't have to go out and find a place. So that's that's next nice during the pandemic, yeah.
1: But you said you I think you I heard you say on my the Mind Pump podcast that yeah. you didn't like CrossFit.
0: Oh no, I didn't do did not. Yeah. I mean, it was it's definitely fun, and you feel like you're dying, which can be a great thing if you're mm-hmm. trying to get a lot of calories burned. But I didn't love that they were doing Olympic lifting within for newbies. This is totally newbies just because it seemed like, and as a trainer, you're like, Oh my gosh, if some newbie came along and, and just try to run a mile and then do Olympic lift, they would definitely hurt themselves because I spent a lot of time just learning Olympic lifts without fatigue, you know, running around hurt. So it was just a little bit dangerous for a complete newbie Um, so that's why I didn't love that, but I, but if they have a good coach and the CrossFit gym does a good, well with onboarding, then, you know, there's not a lot of problem, but the one I went to, I was sort of like, Oh gosh, I'm going to hurt myself. No.
1: And I've, I've hosted some of the X games with the, um, CrossFit. It's just, it's almost painful to watch sometimes, especially if you've endured a certain injury or some things like that. Yeah. It's It's a great sport it just it's amazing is a big big thing and is it great for longevity I don't know you know that's right
0: exactly if you want to live to old age I don't know how long we can do that for
1: but exactly it's fun exactly I'm so glad you found discovered this coming out of it now did you are you still in touch with some of your your competitors and were your competitors kind or was it really dog eat dog what was it like on the show um
0: no everyone it was so welcoming from the minute I step into the ninja gym to being on the show everyone has been it's really a very supportive community it's I'd never got the sense of anyone feeling like they were competitive with each other everyone is just it's a very bonding experience as you get there and you're like oh my god I can't believe I'm here right That's so cool. everyone has that you know like first day of camp type feeling so um everyone is super supportive really excited for you um, and yeah, and I think people do make li- uh, lifelong friends because in the end or in the beginning, we all, you know, um, uh, get everyone's Instagram handle so you can message each other. Mm-hmm. So for sure, everyone we keep in contact with, you follow everyone else's stories and message each other and then ask them if you're applying again, you know? Um, so that was, it's always a question you ask everyone. Would but, you? No, uh, yeah. I I'm thinking about applying again for next year. Um, so maybe yeah. I, every year I think about it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And what what was the hardest? What was the hardest competition for you?
0: In ninja or just any athletic thing?
1: In the ninja warrior
0: the hard oh for me the hardest stuff is actually balance and agility that's that one takes out a lot of ninjas because we're good at the upper body yeah. grip things but the feet and the agility super hard to train been and very scary, scary. probably be good at
1: that like the former i team. mean
0: honestly everyone i know that does ninja is was a gymnast when they were young i mean 90 sure. percent because they're good at that so i was always like gosh i wish i did gymnastics as a kid because i can't, can't do a you know hands i mean i can't do a flip or anything and all, you know, you see the ninjas are always flipping around oh, and, right. and you're like, oh, I
1: wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I challenge them to get in the water and do a nice swim. And then, <laughs> then you've got them beaten two seconds, hands Very down. I'll be your coach and cheerleader over here. <laughs> so I, I can imagine you're probably just a tremendous coach because you've, you've since quit your nine to five job where you were working sort of in, in, in management for, for theater and film and television, yeah. which obviously with all of your combinations, it, this was really giving you a wonderful package as a trainer because, well, obviously you're just, a, you're a joy to talk to. You've got the most wonderful so. attitude. It, it's it's down to our happy Helen fitness, mm-hmm. which is bona fide. you know, really what you epitomize and you've gone through setbacks and you've gone through these huge challenges and you've been on TV and you've done I mean, all of these things have conglomerated into just a powerhouse of a fitness business. And I looked, in looking at your website, First of all, I love the recruiting video because it's just—it's <laughs> <so cool. Like, laughs> why wouldn't you silly. want to train with this girl? Oh my god! I I would also think that a lot of men would be drawn to that because it's like, oh my god, she's a ninja. She is a little literal ninja, and that's got to be sort of interesting because they may get cocky with you, like, oh, I can lift that, things like that. <laughs> but even some women, and I noticed on your um, some of the just the, the success stories, like some of the brides to be or things like that that you took one client from a 1,000 calorie diet to a 1,600 calorie diet for, for increased metabolic rate and completely brought down her body fat, increased her muscle mass. And it's yeah. a hard sell. As women, I love to lift, you love to lift. Um, yeah. It's a very hard sell. How do, you, how do you negotiate around that for women? In terms of lifting heavy or eating more or both? <laughs> Probably, you know, definitely both. And, and yeah. I want to ask you also, just on a separate question, You have had to change your diet many times just due to, I mean, you probably went from 6,000 degrees on the English channel to other things. (laughs) And you just admitted that you wanted to look good. I mean, health is, people are like, Oh yeah. Being healthy is great, but I just want to look damn good. And we are who doesn't, right? Exactly. So take me through that. If you don't mind. Um, In terms of my personal um, kind of your personal with that. And mm -hmm. then how you, it translates to coaching women.
0: Yeah. I mean, first, sh- I think that that's why a lot of trainers become help other people because they went through their own personal fitness journey, learned a lot and realized they want to help other people. Right. So, I mean, I was the same way as everyone else. I actually hired a trainer and a coach because I wanted to look a certain way. You know, I trained them for this specific aesthetic purpose. I want to have a six pack. I want to look lean so that, you know, other people will be impressed with me. You know, it was very, you know, all about self-validation so, I mean, but I totally get it. Everyone wants to look good. Who doesn't, you know? Um, but what was really great along the way of getting these different, and I've had a, a few coaches and I, and everyone, a good coach all in the end really helped you realize it's really about being healthy. And when you are healthy and you look good, it, it goes hand in hand, right? If you are healthy, you will look good and you're going to feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. And And if you focus on those things, it does end up, Aligning with how you want to look. But when you only focus on how you look, it often does not turn out the way you want. Because let's be honest, you know, looks are really subjective. You can wake up one morning and think you look good and the next day you don't, or someone else might think you look good and someone else don't. So measuring progress on a very subjective level doesn't work well for anyone, like the person or the client or the trainer. But when you measure, but when you try to tell people focus on health, we have better measurable go goalposts along the way and then people feel more motivated but that was my personal journey too, having the same coaches trying to help me focus on eating better you know just eating less processed food and focusing on lifting weights and using those as measurements right because with lifting weights you can you have objective measurements of lifting heavier and then you feel good about yourself you're you're making progress so having those kind of measurable progress along the way always helps And and that was my exact same journey you know trying to wrap my head around not focusing on you know what my ab looks like every day. Don't get me wrong, we all still do it. That's why we need a coach sometimes to help us get out of our heads. Sure. Because we all do it, we look at ourselves and we're like, oh my gosh, I, I have a little, you know, every woman comes to me and they're like, can you get rid of this specific fat, right? Yes, we can't spot train people, we can't spot train. Right, or they just only see specific things that the yeah. rest of us don't, so we don't see that little bit of fat. Everyone has fat, but right. we all see for ourselves the most critical things that other people just don't see. So helping people to kind of wrap their head around, let's not get all caught up in this little tiny fat that's on your hips that probably supposed to happen anyways.
1: You know what I mean? But I get it. I do the same thing. (laughs) Have you had to work with any clients that were super underweight, maybe recovering anorexics or bulimics or, but they probably wouldn't go to your level of fitness right away. They'd be more
0: if, the, if they come to me and I don't feel it's a good fit, I tell them because they might need additional help or maybe a therapist or, you know, something a little bit out of my expertise. Because I want to do right by them. And if they're really coming from a health that I know I can't, I'm not qualified, then I would definitely refer them to someone else for sure. Because with that kind of stuff, there's also a lot of
1: mental yeah. um
0: aspects that
1: it's a know. lot of psych exactly but you exactly. are i noticed you have a wonderful degree also as a pre, as a precision nutritionist and how far can you go with that like obviously you can't probably maybe prescribe like a dietitian can but right can do do quite a bit
0: yeah with precision nutrition is a really great um program because they really are um they're they're very uh they're very intuitive i mean. A more they're all about whole foods which is always great for everyone right Lifestyle. because they're not subscribing to one specific thing for people which is really great because everyone is different and some people react to different foods than others so I definitely don't like the whole good versus bad food labeling and precision nutrition is very good at terms of kind of their whole strategy or whole outlook is just try to eat more whole foods and less processed foods which I think everyone can agree on absolutely and and everyone feels better when they do it and learning about that. So for, for me as a trainer, using that to apply to most of my clients does really well because we can't prescribe specific diets. Exactly. Dietitian, you got to go to you know, that kind of nutritionist exactly. to do all that, but you can help guide people in making better
1: choices for the, their body, right? Kind of guiding people in- But what it's feels a pretty universal, right. healthy um, attitude about it anyway. So you're not really- Right,
0: exactly. There. Everyone knows, eat less processed food. I mean, yeah. not everyone knows, but we try to tell people- eat less processed foods and see how you feel. And I would say most people are like, oh, I do feel less, you know, tired or crabby yeah. when I eat less
1: processed foods. Less Absolutely. Food. That's common yeah, yeah. sense for, for usual most of us. For yeah, most
0: people, right? I know, exactly. So <laughs> how,
1: how do you, in your own regimen, um, before we wrap up, in your own regimen, what do you, what kind of training do you do? And like, if someone were to be like, oh, Helen, I, w- I want to be trained as a, I want to be like you, I want to be an American Ninja Warrior. I'm sure a lot of people do come to you specifically for that. What kinds of things in everyday life could people do if they can't seek a coach like you or something like that? What would be some great exercises for them to start doing? Maybe jump squats or. I mean, in time. terms, it depends. I mean, it depends. If someone comes to me, I would obviously ask
0: them what their very specific goal is because sure. if they want to specifically be a ninja, then I would say go to the ninja gym and train in that. So basically, whatever you need whatever goal it is you need to do that specific thing so like if they want to be a ninja then i would say go train on the ninja obstacles versus uh, exercises at home because while those exercises at home might make you a little stronger or whatever nothing's going to replace whatever that sport specific activity that will always be the number one training that they do. But if they're, again, that's if they want to be a ninja or something, then go to a ninja gym. Mm -hmm. But if they want to be stronger or look a certain way, then obviously that's a whole different program and training as well. It's everything's
1: very specific depending on that goal. And that obviously depends Mm -hmm. on the person, but. And your um, recruiting video is amazing, but I can imagine too that some women might seek you out because you're such a strong woman. I mean, you're also Mm -hmm. just besides mental strength and getting through like, oh, she's a ninja warrior. Like, oh, she's totally badass. I would I would assume maybe some some people seek you out because maybe they're lacking in that and they kind of look 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 to you for that. Have you found any clients? I would say I mean I, that's very nice. I like to. I
0: hope I hope so. That would be really nice. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but I have noticed with my clients that they are. I admire them too. They're strong business people. They're strong will. They you know they they want to feel strong emotionally physically mentally right, and and they may because it's sort of you know you seek the people that you admire or like you so I find that my clients come to me and I like them back too because I admire them back so there must be some sort of you know self-selection like a symbiotic that relationship
1: that's which obviously exactly right because I
0: find my clients I'm like oh my gosh you're a badass too I, you know but then they find me and I was like so we kind of you know compliment each other on different things so that's I right. I think that's awesome but I is. think
1: my clients are pretty best most definitely <laughs> and I guess your your attitude is is just so infectious. What did do, do you think when things get you down especially during this pandemic and so many people are suffering and, and also people are getting I, I just put up a podcast today about workouts becoming mundane at home. At the mm. same time at the cruel same time that the holiday season is going to kick in. And we oh, gained goodness. seven to ten pounds with yes. six weeks. So workouts are getting boring, and virtual training. And I, you know, we I highlighted, a girls, that to spice things up at home, what can, things can we do? How do you avoid? Would you tell clients to avoid depression because a lot of this, a lot of these times mm. it's a very scary time. And with your infectious attitude, what it gets you through so beautifully on the outside, anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean. I mean, I'm just like everyone else. If I don't move around, I get super depressed as well, especially with New England weather and it's getting colder so for me and for everyone else i would say keep moving yeah. around because the sedentary really makes people feel depressed the longer you sit on the couch the harder it's to get up and i'm the same way absolutely. so keep moving even if you have to just take a lap quick lap outside and get fresh air because people you know if you go outside and get fresh air sometimes you already just instantly feel a little better from getting some fresh air absolutely um, but just keep moving and try to, and the thing is the good news is there are a lot of virtual options for people for exercise and some of them are free. People can find a free class and just if that, just to have motivation right. and do it and try different things if they're bored. Because yeah. I have found that you know on a lot of apps online, I could find just different classes to try virtually just to keep me sane. Yeah. You know, because you have to move. The longer you're still on the couch, the more depressed you get. And then when you're depressed, you eat more
1: like crap, and then you feel worse, and then it gets worse. Idle mind is devil's playground, and I am all about moving. And in LA, we have triple lockdown now, so we're not really. Supposed oh, to be I know. Outside. We're not supposed to walk outside. I'm like, oh, come on now.
0: I know it's that. That just... you can't. You gotta get fresh air because
1: people's vitamin D's. It's gonna. They're gonna feel nuts. It's just <laughs> and just and and a couple more things. How can we support you? Always. It's oh, it's. Instagram at Happy Helen Fitness, and then you yeah. have a training program you're out of Boston but you train virtually you meet I, I saw that one point I'm like I'll go to your garage if you need I'll go to your driveway I'll go <laughs> yeah yeah pretty just help uh,
0: happyhellenfitness.com my website
1: I'm beautiful fun, yeah. beautiful and what has been your favorite cheat food or drink of choice during this COVID <laughs> pandemic
0: uh I'm a big fan of bubble tea um oh. huge on boba i have to, i, I make it myself so that oh. i can so there's less sugar in there yeah of, of course you do <laughs> yeah and yeah. that's just
1: that, so that you do you do the on tapioca pearls that you that you soak
0: yeah, that you because they soak it in sugar, and that's why it's so delicious. So if I make yes. it myself, I can put less in it or some sort of substitute. Yeah, because I saw the chloride
1: content at, it's, at a place. It's all—it's just oh. the sugar because the
0: tea. Yeah, because the yeah. tea is fine, but the sugar
1: level is what gets people. But sure. uh, Oh, I love it. That is my favorite. You and your boba. <laughs> well, best of luck. Have a wonderful holiday season. We'll certainly be in touch. Um, before this, and thank you, it you would so have been much. Such a pleasure. And do you have any kind of like motivating American Ninja? chant that you guys <laughs> did or anything like that? No, we,
0: I wish we did. I wish we had a chant. Yeah, Ninja yeah. War, I, there was no chant, but maybe I should tell them that we need an
1: American Ninja Warrior. But War. you guys are so damn cool and like badass, you don't even need it. It's like, we show up, we're ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't laughs> yeah, head. that's we it, we and just show later, up. Pop in circumstance with an orchestra, it's us, <gasps> <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. We'll keep up the wonderful work and it's been a real pleasure. Helen, thank you so much. That's Helen Lynn of Happy Helen Fitness, and it'll, it'll all be um, on, the, on the notes below. Thanks again. Thanks so much. And that was Helen Lynn of America's Ninja Warrior Season 10 and the owner of Happy Helen Fitness. You can find all of her info on the show notes. Please stay tuned in next week for my interview about a very out-of-the-box workout that is quite difficult and fun and very challenging. We appreciate you for listening, and please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary, TunedIn, or at bleep.com. You can reach out to me for any questions or topics you'd like covered on the show at Anne McDaniels. And I'll see you next time on Soul.